Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic, and today we're going to talk YouTube ads with an expert. When the I mean, you've got ranked one of the fifty thought leaders in marketing, Kasim Aslam. Thanks for being on the show. Ian, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. Kasim's also the host of the Perpetual, or co-host, don't upset Ralph, of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast with Digital Marketer. Um, just one of the premier Google's ads agency out there. How many ads accounts are you running right now? We've got 170 some odd clients, give or take. Wow. So yeah, he sees some stuff. He knows how it works. Um, and before we get started, of course, it's brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. One of the best things for your YouTube channel is video case stories, not testimonials. Go to VideoCaseStory.com. It's the easy button for making those videos. All right, Kasim. So talk to me about, you know, we can, people can go find out more about you. You've got Soul8.com, S-O-L-8.com is your agency. Um, you, before we get started, who do you work with? Anybody that wants to run inside of the Google ecosystem. So we do, you know, Google search, shopping, YouTube, display. If it happens in Google, we do it. Um, big footprint in e-commerce, which happened by accident, to be honest with you. But, you know, we've got SaaS, professional services, et cetera. So we'll, we'll come one, come all. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, we're going to get into YouTube ads. Why not to do them? When to do them? How best, best ninja practices you see going on? Uh, but before we get started, what do you see? What's the trend right now in Google ads? <laughs> and you just asked me a favorite question. So do, here's what's interesting. Uh, did you go to traffic and conversion just out of curiosity? I did not. It was too far away. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you know, <laughs> pandemic, we're all going to die, all those good things. But yeah. um, at, at TNC, Ryan's key. I'm a big fan of Ryan, by the way. So forgive me, everybody, if I sound like a shill. Um, <laughs> But Ryan's keynote every year is always something that I look forward to. And this year it was interesting because he kind of, he took a very different direction. And one of the things he did, and I, I took a screenshot of this, um, I've got a little picture I can share with you after the fact, but he showed the rising costs of traffic. And, you know, Facebook's up 80, 90%, Snapchat's up 90%, TikTok's up by whatever, uh, and Google's up by 200%. And, and I wanted to meditate on that for just a moment because he showed every single major ad network, you know, and, and, and some of the minor ones, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and none of them had crested the 100% increase mark. Google was up by 200%. This is the point that I want to make. And, and, and I know I'm a Google Ads agency, so I'm like insanely partial. Google's at the bottom of the funnel and it works. All these other ad networks focus on vanity metrics. Facebook sells you likes, comments, and shares. You can't eat likes, comments, or shares. When, mm -hmm. when the proverbial you know, feces hit the fan, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this podcast. Yeah, you can curse. What okay, the fuck? great. So, yeah, <laughs> we did it. Uh, when the shit hits the fan, the money flows to the, the point of maximum efficiency. And that has been proven time and time again to be Google. Here's the issue, though, and this is, this is the problem that we're going to run into, is people are treating the Google ecosystem like it's analogous to the ad networks that they just departed. So mm -hmm. IS14 kills Facebook. People look at it and they're like, all right, well, I've got these funnels that I built for Facebook. Well, YouTube looks kind of like Facebook. Let me take my Facebook funnel, migrate it over to YouTube, bada bing, bada boom. 
we're in really good shape and that and that doesn't work and so then you get this whole narrative of people going out there going oh yeah i tried youtube and it didn't work well no you tried youtube you try to run youtube the way you try to run facebook yeah and that's that's what you know you can't take the manual for your oven and go start trying to work your fridge like they're two entirely different appliances and and i feel like that's where where things are headed so part of the ecosystem right now to answer your question a really long drawn out round, roundabout i'm so sorry no, no google has been google has been victimized by experimentation and so you have rising costs of traffic inside the google ecosystem that i think are temporary on some levels because mm -hmm. you have a bunch of folks that are just desperate and money desperate money is just flowing out trying to find purchase somewhere no pun intended um and some people are doing it and some people aren't but but i i think it's a really tumultuous ecosystem right now and, and i do think that it's going to level out um I'm going to pause there, Ian. How did I do? Did, no, I mean, that, that, I, I think that's important. I mean, it's, it's, it, you, you, there's a lot to unpack there because I, I, you know, it's, I hear that all the time. This doesn't work. I'm like, well, there's a lot of reasons it didn't work, right? How much yeah. you spent, how much, you know, what your, I mean, when it all comes down to it, I remember, you know, in agency groups and talked to a lot of agencies and everyone's freaking out and they're like, well, what do you see as the future? I'm like, it's the same thing as, you know, back in the SEO day, 15 years ago, it's the same thing as when you know twitter worked and then twitter didn't it's great content in yep. understanding the platform understand why people are in the platform right dude so here's what's really funny about what you just said the content is king mar mantra was lost you know like marketers have been saying content is king for i don't know how long and 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 we got spoiled with targeting because yep. i can go out there and i can target you know a, a one-eyed radioactive nun with blonde hair in idaho who likes potato chips you I know, know what i mean like i can i know her yeah I can get right in front of that person and you don't know you don't really need good content if you can if you can hyper target hyper segment that way and so all of us as marketers were and I, I don't want to say you don't need it. obviously your marketing initiatives are better but you can get away with it you can cheat if your targeting is that good yep then you know now your offer can be a little bit diluted well those days are over and for everybody who's holding their breath biding their time sitting out on the sidelines waiting for the dust to settle I, you need to know it's only going to get worse. The privacy first game has only just begun. What we're seeing is statecraft in terms of these, these advertising mechanisms fighting and warring with each other, where you're gonna lose more data. You're not gonna gain any data. The only recourse you have is quality content. The only recourse you have is to create content that attracts and repels, that actually qualifies your prospect, that moves them down the sales funnel. And, and this, this whole content is king mantra, it has to come back, it has to come back with a vengeance. And, and you, anybody who can't adopt that, you're going to be left by the wayside. Like your competitors are going to take you and they're gonna drown you. Um, and it's gonna happen quickly, that's the other thing. People who are capable of this, are, I, we're gonna see a meritocratic environment emerge right away. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited about it, to be honest with you. It's going to be good for my business. But for the folks that, you know, can't function, we're going to see a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. I, oh, I, I agree completely. And, you know, it, it's funny because I, I remember when we were 100% focused on SEO. You know, we were doing a lot of YouTube stuff. But I knew Dude, it, why is it that every I don't mean to interrupt you. Why why does every agency owner start an SEO? I started an SEO, you started an SEO, Ralph started an SEO. Like it, it's like it's like the rite of passage. You have to start an SEO and realize how hard it is before you I'm sorry, keep going. Oh no, I agree. I agree. I think I think you're right. It's hard. I think for the good ones, it, it's because it was hard, but also because it was like you had to earn it, right? You, you had to earn it. it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just switching on a switch. It's like you had to be good at it. It was a skill, it was a craft. And also it, I think not, I've never really thought about this, and you know, we're going to go off on a tangent here, but you have um, 
you know, inconsistent rewards, which inconsistent rewards where, you know, if you are the most powerful psychological technique there is, because it's like, oh, yeah, you do something. Oh, you did a good job. Here you go. And you do the same thing again. Oh, that's not going to work. And then you never know the next morning. And it's like, it worked. And it's like, it's a rush or it didn't. And, you know, all your stuff's gone. Um, and I mean, obviously, we, we have to go through that roller coaster of waking up every morning going, what's going right. to happen to all the sites today? And, <laughs> um, and, you know, and there were a lot of techniques people could use back in the day. Um, but you know, in talking SEO and I'm trying to remember even where we were going with that now, cause I got so excited about that idea. Um, content is king. Content yeah. Content is king. Is king. Yeah. It was always, I realized that, right. You have to, cause I used to be able to put a video up on a website when we first started and people would watch the video and no matter what, like you didn't have to do anything now, you know, now it's like people see so many videos. You've got to really make sure every piece of that content from the thumbnail to the headline to where it's placed is perfect. Um, and you can't be lazy about it. And I think that that's great. Marketers are always knowing about copywriting. I, I every time, do you think, that, let me ask you this. What is the most number one, most important skill set? If you said someone said they're starting marketing right now, what is the most number one, most important skill set someone should learn? I think the answer that you want is copywriting. <laughs> it is the answer I want. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and well, I, I want to think about this for just a minute because I want to see if I want to fight you on it or not. And you'll win. I, I, <laughs> I won't win, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. curious if you don't, if you don't think so, I, cause it's the one thing I tell everyone that's like looking to get a marketing. They're like, I'm going to go take a Google analytics course and I'm going to take this course and I'm going to take this course. I'm like, take a copywriting course. All of our yeah, editors I, have to take copywriting courses. I'm going to say something super annoying. I think the precursor is, is psychology. I think everybody should have some minimum viable, oh. you know, understanding of, but then, and then past that, Ian, you're absolutely right. Copywriting becomes not just critical to learn on the front end, but critical to keep sharp because it's easy to get dull. You know, if you're not constantly exercising that muscle, like it's easy to yeah. start to suck and, and just fall behind the wayside. You know, the tricks that work today aren't necessarily going to be the things that resonate with people tomorrow. So it's funny because you kind of shamed me just now. I realized yep. uh, even though I'm the one sitting here talking about content is king, man, we really don't enforce that internally with some of my staff. You're, you're, you're absolutely, every single one of those new hires should be going through a copywriting course without question. You just made my business better, man. I'm taking a note right now. We're, get, we're I, absolutely going to do that. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, well, and it's your point. I think I agree hundred percent psychology. Copywriting helps you to learn that psychology, but I, I definitely think you should go read influence first and, you know, tipping points. Those were all my first books. Right. And I, you know, I come up with a degree, a degree in economics, which is essentially money and psychology. Right. You know, and, uh, dude, Thomas Sowell is like the best psychologist on the freaking planet, you know, like, and I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's so important, but I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And so, you know, we see that and you see the, the ads trend happening. And I think you made a really good point that Google is at the bottom of the funnel. Um, what, you know, from a everyone likes tactics though. And you know, everyone's going to be like, okay, copywriting, bam, bam, bam. Um, what's, you know, where, where do you see as far as trends and tactics that's really going to work down the road? So I'll get really tactical and then you can lift me out of the weeds. Okay. Uh, let's get in the weeds. That's great. So, so, uh, a couple of things. YouTube has the ability to segment audiences in a way that, um, in a way that through a machine learning mechanism 
allows Google to try to catalyze the conversion action that you're attempting to catalyze. Here's the problem. Google's terrified of an antitrust suit. So Google never gave us the interest-based segmentation that Facebook gave us. So Facebook, I, and, and you remember, you've run Facebook ads, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you hop in there and you got really granular with the interests. Google mm -hmm. has always been very, uh, uh, at least one, maybe two standard deviations removed from a categorical perspective in both their affinity and in-market audiences. And it's not because they don't have the data. The, Facebook has 55,000 demographic and psychographic data points on every person that engages their ecosystem. Google has 70 million. So Google has <laughs> way more data. Google, think about, think about the Google ecosystem. They know everything. Dude, it's unbelievable. Google, this is going to get really uncomfortable. Google knows who's cheating on their spouse. They know who's HIV positive. They know who's in Narcotics Anonymous. They know how fast you drive, what you're worth, how you speak. Google is Google Analytics. It's on 99% of all front-facing websites. Any website you log into, Google knows what you're doing. They're also uh, uh, Gmail, so they know what it is that, that you know, how you speak and who you're speaking to, and, and, and YouTube, and, and uh, all of the Google App Suite, and, and, of course, Google Search. In April of 2015, Google told a woman she was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant based solely off of her search and communication patterns. And that was six years ago. Think about the speed at which machine learning moves. Now, you, people think that Google doesn't segment as well as Facebook does because Google's never made that public-facing, but how many times has Google had a congressional hearing versus yeah. Facebook? Zuckerberg keeps getting pulled out there because that fool keeps tipping his hat. He's showing his cards. Google, on the other hand, they hide behind the veil of privacy. So the thing to do inside of Google is to very clearly define your conversion actions. And this is where we're going to get tactical. Everybody mm -hmm. defines the bottom of the funnel conversion action. So, you know, I'm a Google Ads agency. The thing that I really want is I want, I want somebody to sign up for a consultation, right? Like get on the phone with my sales team. Let us do an action plan. That's my extreme bottom of the funnel. The thing to do, though, is to give Google what we call predictive indicators of intent. Because as people, the, statistically, 2% of your organic traffic is going to convert. Adjusted for margin of error, that's zero people. Zero people are going to convert. But if you can tell people like, hey, Google, this person downloaded my lead magnet, my cost calculator, went to my pricing page, et cetera, et cetera. If you can give Google predictive indicators of intent, then Google starts to optimize your campaigns sooner than they would be able to, be able to optimize if, you, if they only had bottom of the funnel conversion actions. So that's number one. And the thing to keep in mind is Google search is at the bottom of the funnel. YouTube is at the middle of the funnel. Facebook's yep. at the top of the funnel. YouTube is an intent-based audience that you can actually go to and begin marketing, but, but, but they're already kind of in a pseudo-consideration phase. Um, yep. YouTube also has it, it, something akin to stories. So think of four pillars in your mind. And what you can do is you can put a collection of videos in pillar one, and you can say uh, a, a viewer can't move to pillar two until they've watched the entirety of pillar one. And the opportunity there, Ian, is immense. It's immense because you get to indoctrinate people your way. And if, you know, a video A inside of Pillar 1 doesn't work, you move to video B. And then move to video C. And then move to video D. And now, not only are you indoctrinating people the way that you want them to be indoctrinated, but you're also split testing your media so you can figure out your critical path. And then they move to Pillar 2, and then they move to Pillar 3. And you get to see where's the catalytic event. What is it that actually converts them? Now, you could build this inside of Facebook, but it was, it was a little janky. Like, you had to do, you know, custom audiences. YouTube allows you to do this in-app. Like, it's native to the solution. And yep. what I like about it is people are all going for this, the, the one and done. You know, I, oh, I show you my video and you sign up for my uh, thing. Yeah. Not the way it works. It takes 31 no. impressions statistically before somebody's ready to convert. You have to give. You have to nurture. You have to play value first. You have to have really good content. 
Um, and so if you can have predictive in indicators of intent, number one. Number two, market at the full funnel, you know, top of the funnel, middle, middle of the funnel. And I hate to be such an old fogey and talk about funnels. You can talk customer value journey, whatever. It's all the same damn thing. It's a natural construct. It's a natural sequence to a sale. So if you can give people the opportunity to engage with your media in a way that allows you to drip value on them over time, like Frank Kern says, it's just offers and frequency. Make, make a valuable offer often enough, and you're going to, assuming you're in front of the right audience, ultimately going to convert those people. How did I do there? Was that helpful? No, it's super helpful. It is super helpful. I mean, I, I think I could visualize it probably better than most because, you know, being in this, this place. But, you know, um, I mean, a couple things come to mind. We're indoctrinating them, right? Yep. No one stays in a funnel. All right? it, I think that's an important thing to think about. How much, you know, how are you seeing, are you, when you do PPC, do you take a look at someone's online reputation and how much it affects? Because I feel like people would stay in the funnel more years ago, and now it's like, oh, I started looking at this, and I'm going to look at it later. Oh, yeah, dude, when I say funnel, I mean the proverbial funnel as far as their psychology is concerned in terms of, in terms of gotcha. the purchase behavior, like the funnel on page, uh, it's, I don't believe, I, I wrote the beginner's guide to, to landing pages for search engine journal in 2014. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I just want you to know, like I was on the, the, the squeeze page train years ago. I don't believe in squeeze pages anymore. Cause what ends up happening is, is people, like you just said, they bounce. Like if you try to squeeze them and let's say you've got, you know, blog.yourwebsite.com, then they, or, or landingpage.yourwebsite.com, they kill the, the, the subdomain and they go to the main page or they, they try to exit the squeeze page. And like you said, they look at the online reputation. Our second most traffic page for the vast majority of our clients is the about page. People want to know mission, vision, values. It takes 3.5 sessions and two point, no, 2.5 sessions and 3.5 pages before somebody's ready to convert. That means they need to engage with you often mm -hmm. over time. And if you try to squeeze a conversion out of them, yeah, you might increase your conversions on the front end mildly, but you decrease your ability to build a relationship with the majority of your users on an mm. ongoing basis. So you want to be a ubiquitous truth in their life. So when I say funnel, all I mean is there's people at the top of the funnel are, are maybe mildly aware they have a problem. People at the middle of the funnel now know they want to solve the problem and they're looking for solutions and people at the bottom of the funnel are ready to buy. That's it. As far as your landing page, the, the, the whole funnel paradigm with a few very, very strong exceptions and, you know, impulse buys, those types of things. But I think the, full funnel, the, the, the whole funnel paradigm for most businesses, most real businesses, I think it's dead. And I know we all marketers love to run around killing things saying like, oh, the funnel is dead. But, but you need to, I mean, how many of us want to be squeezed? Who wants to be squeezed? Right. Do you want to engage with a company that has a real reputation, a real website, places you can revisit, that isn't trying to constantly use scarcity against you? And, and the way to do that is to continue to be a ubiquitous truth and just always be in front of them. I, I agree. It's so funny because we do a thing called the Storyboard Blueprint, which is the customer journey, and you just named off like the actual scenes. And it's like that's what you need to be thinking about is how often can you be in those scenes. And it's, it's fundamentals, right? It is fundamentals. It's just we've gotten away from it. So talk, let's talk about YouTube because you know, I, I want to get into YouTube. Who is YouTube for? From a from an ad standpoint, I think YouTube is for every business from a online reputation content standpoint. Um, I did see something where you're talking about like YouTube versus Facebook recently. I didn't get to listen to it. I apologize, but because I know I was going to talk to you and ask you about it. Uh, but you know, who should be on YouTube ads wise right now? You have to have a unique selling proposition in order to really position yourself properly inside of YouTube. And 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 what I mean by that is there's a lot of looky loo businesses out there. 
And if it, it, what, what, not a looky loop, excuse me, there's a lot of me too businesses out there. So it's like, you know, and I, I talk to some of them sometimes you get on the phone with somebody and it's like, Oh yeah, we're a CPA firm. And I'm like, Oh, well, why are you better than, you know, your next two competitors? And you'll hear people say, well, we're not really, I mean, they do what we do. And man, that, that, what, what can you say? Like, what's the video? What's the, what's the content? What's the value proposition? So really focus on, on your unique selling proposition. And, and by the way, there's a ton of businesses out there that don't have this. And I'm going to pick on drop shippers for just a minute, but like, I can't tell you how many leads we get of people that are like, oh yeah, we're drop shipping this product. And unless you're creating custom media, doing value ads, like trying to find a way to improve on the efficacy of it, that the entire drop shipping world has been so heavily commoditized to a degree that we're, I don't, I don't even know where to go to get traffic for you. So unique selling proposition is number one. Number two is you have to have the budget. YouTube is not Facebook. YouTube is, it's, it's more expensive traffic because I honestly, I think it's higher quality traffic. Um, and with YouTube, you're paying for views, but optimizing for conversions. So there's, there's a, there's this great big gap in terms of what you're paying for and what it is that you want. And it takes time. So, you know, with, with Google search, it's bottom of the funnel, somebody clicks and then it's not unlikely that they buy. Um, if you're playing e-commerce or they click and it's not unlikely that they sign up for the trial or schedule consultation or call you for emergency plumbing or whatever, it's extreme bottom of the funnel. And it's, it's one action event. It's you're, you're pivoting on one fulcrum point with YouTube, you're earning views, paying for the views, and then waiting for the click. And the click could happen three, six, nine, twelve, eighteen months, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, obviously the sales cycle, the type of product, et cetera. And so that that one two punch is something that most advertisers aren't used to. And so they, they tend to gauge and measure YouTube incorrectly. Um, it, it is at the middle of the funnel. You do have to drag people down that funnel. And so you, you enter kind of this branding arena where all of us that have been so spoiled for so long, we're not used to living. It's kind of like, what's my ROI in the last 60 days? And, you know, for, for, for clients that, now, you, in some cases, you actually start to see pretty early responses, but, um, or results, but that's not, that's not the thing that you can bank on. You have to look at the, 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 you know, the lead indicators. Um, and some businesses just aren't capable of doing that. What I tell people, I won't take a client on YouTube if they're not spending 10 grand a month or more. There might be some niches where you can get away with like 5K, but anything sub that, and you're just spending enough money to piss yourself off, but you're not, creating, you're not, you're not reaching critical mass from a data perspective. And there's a ton of educators out there that disagree with me, by the way. You know, you get all these guys out there that are, they have the course like, oh, the $2 a day traffic strategy and whatever. Here's my question. Do they run traffic professionally? And if they do, by the way, God bless them. God bless them, and they're probably right, and they know something I don't, and they've cracked the code, great. And if they do, go hire them first and, and have them show you this $2 a day traffic strategy to where they're being paid and held accountable to the results. Most of them, though, Ian, and I'm not trying to lob any grenades, most of them are just selling courses. And when you're selling courses, the shit that I'm saying is a lot harder to sell than, oh, yeah, you can get away with 2 bucks a day. No big deal. No problem. And there's some people that made it work. You know, like Dennis Yu had a dollar a day Facebook strategy that was actually really viable. I love Dennis. Good dude. Great value. Great content. Great courses. I recommend him. I'm not an affiliate, but some of the people that are, that are peddling this crap, they're, they're creating a stigma and, and building a narrative that then puts the advertiser at this massive disadvantage. And then, you know, like we said earlier, people start to run it and they're like, oh, YouTube doesn't work. No, no, no. Your strategy didn't work or your business didn't work. There are billions of dollars being spent on YouTube with, you know, 8x ROI on average. I promise you YouTube works. We just need to see how it is that your business is going to perform inside of this organic ecosystem. Yep. Well, and you know, to your point, it's uh, one of our clients took the videos that we created, another agency, and you know, ran YouTube ads for six months before it started working. But now all of their business comes from YouTube 18 months yep. later because they built up that mass, that critical mass, and they're constantly adding stuff. 
and but it, they didn't think about a funnel. It was a simple landing page. They didn't think about any of that stuff. Um, and to that point, you know, I think there is a branding opportunity. Like you said, I don't like the word branding as much as, you know, a value driven opportunity where you have to bring value in it like you do on there. Um, are you running anything like that where it's like, hey, we know that hey, it's going to be six months from now before it starts working, but we are building up your audience. We are building up value in you because people are on YouTube. They want to absorb that content. Like you said before, I'm on Facebook. Generally, I'm on there. Not for business. I mean, I am because I'm a marketer. Right. But generally, we're on there for right. You know, to get Posting angry at the your world. kids and stalking ex girlfriends and yeah, 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 and get angry about something. Yeah, um, argue about <laughs> politics. Yeah. Um, but you know, YouTube. There's. I'm going there to learn. Generally, yes, entertain too. But I get. You know, I start with going to learn, and then I start watching Ted, Ted Lasso videos. Uh, but uh, you know. Do you, are you running any ads around that? And like for what businesses? Education is a really big one. We've got one of our largest YouTube clients. They spend uh, seven and some multi, multi seven figures a month. And I can't, how do I need to veil their identity somehow? They, they, they sell a type of, of a specialized business education. That's the other thing that I should have said, by the way, people that have niched down, if you know who your niche is, YouTube is great for you. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm a business consultant and I help female entrepreneurs, that's not a niche. That's like twenty five percent of the the adult population is somehow <laughs> you know what I mean like so niche down it's like oh I I I help Montessori school owners that's a niche and and now all of a sudden we know how to get you in front of your in front of your audience but people that have niched down adequately I mean my niche is broad if you think about it I run Google Ads for literally everybody but Google Ads is a hell of a niche I mean that's myopic in scope you know and and if somebody's not interested in Google Ads they instantly know that they need me or they don't you have a phenomenal niche it's like hey we help with videos specifically there's the whole world of media out there and I've niched it all the way down to this little place that I can be an expert in so niche down YouTube's gonna be adequate for you the thing to think about YouTube though and I know we don't like the word branding but I, I, I want to make the point about repetition you don't pay especially for in market or in stream skippable ads you don't pay unless somebody watches 30 seconds of the video so every single time a video pops if they don't watch to that threshold unless the video is sub 30 seconds of course but there's you know strategically you want to make sure that you're positioning yourself to get these free views that those views are free. That's free branding. Mm -hmm. It's 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 you know what's the Chinese water torture? It's just like drip 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 drip, just constantly in front of you over and over and over and over again. And then when they do watch or they do click, you kind of want to pay for that um, because now they're engaged. And so uh, education is is a, a phenomenal space to be in, obviously, because people are going into YouTube to learn. Professional services is great. And professional services are great because, in, and, and so is SaaS products for this exact same reason. People are going in to learn how to solve a problem that you've already solved. So mm -hmm. what you can do is, and, and y'all give away the farm. I've got a YouTube channel. We, we only have 4,000 subscribers. It's, it's small, but it's super engaged. I get one or two leads a day from my YouTube channel, and I hold back nothing. There's nothing proprietary that I don't tell people. There's nothing about our services that, oh, you have to pay in order to get that. I show them everything that we do from, I mean, start to finish. And all that happens is they realize, oh, wow, this is really hard. Why don't you do it for me faster? And the people that don't, like the really nimble, scrappy folks that generally can't afford us, but they figure it out, they're successful. And God bless them. I love I love the case studies. I love the comments. I love being able to see that. And it's just validating for other people to know, oh, I should come, I should come work with you. So anybody, if your customer has a problem that you solve, and this is the big caveat, and they're aware, they're cognizant of the fact that they have that problem, 
YouTube is phenomenal for you. Now, a lot of you have problems that you solve and the customer isn't cognizant of the fact that they have the problem or that the, the problem is even solvable. YouTube is helpful from a, an awareness building standpoint in that case. So you, that's really like, oh, I've created a longer lasting light bulb and the guy sitting in his office doesn't even realize he needs it. But now you have to go play awareness building. Awareness building is a dangerous game because it's mm -hmm. time. Like you have to, you know, acclimate them to the fact that they even have this problem and then contextualize the solution and, you know, those types of things. So I, you know, the, the startups and the newbies and the inventors, I, I don't, I don't turn them down wholesale, but they always scare me anytime one of those prospects come in because I'm like, crap, I got to go whole build a market for you before I can even sell to it. So yeah. that's just the thing to, to be cognizant of there is you just, it's just going to take you time. But trying to answer your question directly, SaaS, professional services, e-com, I mean, you know, talk about every single e-commerce product ever that, that especially ones that solve problems because, that, you know, YouTube's learning base. Um, and then YouTube's the most amazing marketing, remarketing mechanism in the freaking world if somebody's already been mm. on your site they should see all your videos all the time and again interesting and when you, i'm gonna stop you right there all your yeah, videos right. do you mean all your videos or all your ads i what i mean is they shouldn't see anybody else's videos you should be carpet bombing that person um they they, they should like if if there's an ad running it should be your video if they've been on your website uh, because that is the most engaged prospect. You know, the average abandoned cart rate is 70% in the e-commerce world. Yeah. 70%. They put something in their cart and then they deal, and then they, they, they're already there. Think about how much you paid to have happen. You know, the, the, the awareness, getting them to the site, they're, they're figuring, they're going through your catalog, they're, you know, shopping around, what sizes do I want? They're customizing things, they put it in their cart, and then in the, right at the, at the end, they jump ship. That is so, it hurts me physically, Ian, to think about that. And, <laughs> and people aren't doing enough to bring those folks back. So one of the, the best things you can do, and, and the Google remarketing ecosystem, I think, is the strongest in existence. The Google Display Network reaches 90% of all Internet users on the planet, 65% of whom are reached on a daily basis. It's the most ubiquitous advertising mechanism in existence. It's amazing. If you're not using Google Display, and Google Display has video capabilities, uh, and, and YouTube, then you're leaving significant amounts of money on the, the table, especially, again, considering the fact that most of those views are free until they take action or watch enough of your video to, to, to be relevant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes to all of that. Yes to all of that. I, I mean, it, it's, it, it makes so much sense. And, you know, and it, what was interesting is, you know, we've had Daniel Harmon on and, um, you know, we had the funny sales videos guys on. And I think if someone does have to make a market, that's when they have to nail their content. Yep. And that's where you go to someone who is going to test every single piece of the content. That's what I like about the Harm Brothers, you know, and, and their stuff. They go on Facebook and test every single little piece of the content before they put it out there because they need that watch time. Yep. They need that thing to, to hit it out of the park. And even some of the time with all that data, it don't. But like professional services, like you're saying, SaaS, you're solving a problem. And they have a lot of problems, too. Right. I mean, if you're a divorce, if you're a divorce lawyer, we talk about this all the time. You, the pure person isn't just like I need a divorce. They hate their spouse. Their spouse is coming home late at night. Uh, you know, they're worried about their kids. They're worried about child custody. They're worried about this. They're worried about that. There's eight thousand problems that they're trying to solve, and you can help them solve them by being on YouTube. Dude, what uh, a phenomenal! So you just you just made me think about something that we call the pivot, and that it's such a brilliant point. If so, like, well, I had the highest performing real estate investment campaign on the planet, and I can prove that with data. We had it for seven years. We sold that agency in 2019. Before we did, if you, you know, like the home investors guys, like we buy only houses, we owned yeah. that space digitally. We were the, 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 the number one lead generation for, for that space in the entire United States. Uh, one of the things that we did is we went after pivots. So everybody else was going after sell my house fast for cash, which, of course, we were going after, too, from a search perspective. But I was also going after things like divorce attorney St. Louis, Missouri 
which by the way is the number one catalyst for us inside of Missouri to buy somebody's house was they're getting divorced. Um, in, in places where there are big military bases, we were looking for relocation. So if you can think about what's the thing that might lead to my service, you know, if you're, if you're selling appliances, go look for folks that are looking for moving companies. You yes. know, like there's, there's all those connected searches and YouTube's so ripe for that. So ripe. And I, I, you know, it's what we talk about. It's situation marketing. You've yeah. got to put yourself in that room with that person and look at everything that they're doing at that moment. And if you can answer those questions or, you know, find some, find someplace else they are, like you're saying, maybe even flip side, if you're a divorce attorney, maybe you're looking for people that, you know, moving out because it's, yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot cheaper to get the moving traffic than it is to get the divorce attorney traffic, yeah. uh, which is, I mean, and now thousands of dollars. I, I think it's so important now. There's so much that someone could do so much. that someone so could much do. opportunity. It's unreal. Where would you let's, let's say, I mean, let's say you're starting a digital agency. Mm. If digital agencies looking for traffic, where would you, go, you know, looking to go? Would you you'd start with PPC? I'm assuming. No, no, it's, uh, it's PPC. So bottom of the funnel search intent. Like I spend seventy, I spent seventy grand last month on paid ads. Most new agencies can't afford to do that. If I was a brand new agency, you know what I honestly do, man, is what we're doing right now. I, I'd launch a podcast or a YouTube channel or a TikTok or you know Instagram or whatever. And I'd start creating immense amounts of value every single day. I'd create one piece of media every day and I'd do that for 90 days. And, and I did that, so we, our YouTube channel's new. We started it last October, we just hit a year. And we created what's, one video. What's the channel? Is it, is uh, it Soul8? Just, just, yeah, just search for Solutions 8 on YouTube. If you can't find me, then don't listen to me because I'm clearly an idiot. Uh, I should be visible to you. But yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, YouTube, the, the channel's name yep. is Solutions 8 all spilled out. Um, All right, cool. Started it last October. My buddy who's there coached me through this. He's got a YouTube channel too, also for Google ads. And he said, shoot a video every day for 90 days. And for all 90 of those days, you have zero views, which is about true. Like you get zero play. And like, like magic on day 91, all of a sudden, the views start trickling in. And now flash forward a year later, I've got 4,000 some odd subscribers. And more than that, we get two or three leads a day from YouTube. Now they're not all good. And what I mean by that is they don't all have the spend that I would need to work with them or, you know, they might not necessarily be in a, in a space that I can, I can work with, but they know us. They've seen our, our faces. They've heard our voices. They know our narrative. They're already, they're really good clients when they're qualified. So if you're a brand new agency, I'd actually be, I'd be careful with paid traffic because that is an expensive ass way to make your mistakes. Um, you're, you're paying dearly for every single split test. You know, what, what narrative work, what messaging works, what price model works. Like, like if you're just getting started out, I would go and I'd provide value through one of these channels. But and here's the real key, and I, I hate to just beat a dead horse, I, and I hope you'll forgive me. You've got to niche down. You got to got you, all you Me Too agencies out there. They're like, oh, and and yo, my my company's name is Solutions Eight because we used to have eight core service offerings. Because I'm an idiot. We did web and software <laughs> and apps and SEO and content and video and, and and on and on and on and on. And and I I was convinced I could be good at all of them, and I was wrong. It wasn't until we actually niched down that. We, I mean, we exploded, you know, now we're a, a, a multi seven figure agency and, and, and I hate to bring up money, but I mean, that's how we keep score, right? Like we've got amazing margins. We're amazingly profitable. And it's because we, we found a niche that works for us and I can actually scale into it. I've got 50 some odd employees. I couldn't have done that if I had eight different service offerings, that's eight different nope. businesses. So niche down, figure out what it is that you can be really, really, really good at. And man, I'm of the very strong opinion that there's no such thing as too niche or too niche. Mm -hmm. Like. 
I own a small sub-agency just as a passion project. I'm obsessed with Montessori schools. Uh, I think every child deserves to go to a Montessori school. It's the only system of pedagogy based on the scientific method. It's amazing. Both my kids go to Montessori. They, they've flourished in it. It's unbelievable. With that little Tupperware party aside, I wanted to help Montessori schools grow. So I launched this little agency that does nothing but give Montessori schools uh, uh, marketing services. And, and we do it as cheaply as we possibly can because it's not even meant to be a, a profit center. Here's what's insane. Montessori schools, there's only 4,000 accredited Montessori schools in the United States. It's like adjusted for margin error. There are zero of them. But we've, we own that niche. It's a million-dollar agency. And it happened by accident. I wasn't trying to make a profit center. I was trying to help these schools. But because we're the only person – there's a couple other people trying. But we're the only, like, scalable company, like real company, let's say, in the space. And, I mean, I could retire off of that alone. There's no such thing as too niche. And you don't have to niche down to an industry. You can niche down to a service. Or you could be – you know, you could only do a sauna consulting, whatever. <coughs> but choose a niche and then provide value and give and give, yep. figure out who your avatar is. And this gets really weird and soapboxy, man, but I'm of the solid opinion that if you don't love the people you serve, you don't deserve to serve them. So figure out who your niche is. I love Montessori school owners. I love them. I would bleed for them. Like they're, every single one of them, they're, they're, they're a 50-year-old female educator that's poured everything she's ever had generally into buying an old house and rehabbing it and running it. Like how can you not fall in love with that person? You know what I mean? But now I'm willing no. to do things that another provider wouldn't be willing to do for them. And, and, and I, I, I'm willing to think like them and, and, and really get down into the weeds. So if you want to be in this business, go fall in love with someone, figure out who it is you already love and go serve them. And if you don't like the word love, that's fine. You know, we can talk about like who your affinities for, or whatever. Like, sterilize the language all you want. But that got really weird, dude. You can edit all this out, by the way. No, that, that's not weird. I think that's amazing advice. Amazing advice, right? Because when you do, you obsess over that person. If you're an agency, you obsess then over their clients too, right. and that's how you succeed. You've got, I mean, because people expect you now to obsess over them, and it's, I mean, Netflix is obsessing over every single person watching it, right? right. Google is obsessing over it, um, and to your point too, on a flip side, if you're not an agency and listening to this, and you are looking for an agency, and I know you guys, I saw that you, like, how to choose an agency, but you should not be looking at full service agencies. I don't think, I, I mean, I know people that have full service agencies. I think they're, you know, they're great people. I think it's impossible to do a lot of this stuff at high scale, right? Do you agree I, with me? I, I think uh, the, the only full service agency I would look at is if they've niched down to your industry. You yeah. know, like if, if you're a, I don't know what, let's say you're a dentist and you do implants and you find a full mm -hmm. service agency that only services dentists and is specialized in implants. At that point, I would believe that the agency has, has the Good ability point. to reach some level of scale. But other than that, the whole, like, we do everything for everybody. And, let, I mean, you know, there's some really high-end agencies out there that can pull it off, but they're expensive. And the reason they're expensive is because they need – they're basically running eight different businesses, which means they need, they need assassin-level talent times eight. I need yep. assassin-level talent – times one because I now get to trickle that down and train my entire team, you know, according to this sort of like one little singular scope. But I mean, if, if you're going to run SEO and PPC, just those two, let's just say uh, the, 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 that's triple PhD each to be yeah. the best in the world at SEO and the best in the world at PPC. Are you freaking kidding me? And they're in the same ecosystem. They're both Google, but I know like, it's, they're, they're <laughs> so different in terms of proficiency. So different. Yeah. So different. Yeah, I, mean, so I absolutely agree with you, man. The, the, the Me Too agencies, the every, everything for everybody, I think they're going by the wayside quickly. Yeah, I, I think, and I think they're costing people money and time. Um, so 
I'd, I'd love all this and I'd love that advice. I, you know, coming back to YouTube, um, where, you know, with, as far as YouTube ads, where would you get started? Media first. You got to have, you got to have some videos, you know, I've, I, and, and we don't do media creation, by the way, I refuse to. Um, and I refuse to because I want to be held accountable to the thing that I'm good at. And it's media creation. I don't know how you do what you do, brother. I don't know how you do what you do. It's the hardest damn job. The creative facet is the hardest job. So we take clients once they have their media. So yep. go crack that code first and, you know, call Ian if you don't mind me plugging you now. It's your channel. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, but once, once you have the media, let's say that that, that, that positioning is done, uh, what we need to do now is we need to figure out where the – I call it a viability study. I need to figure out where your buying audience exists because mm. there's the person who watches your videos and there's the person who buys your stuff and they're not always the same person. That's so a big point. That's it's, a big it, point. It's huge because you know, what sucks about it is people, especially people that are acclimated to vanity metrics. You're like, mm. oh my goodness, we're getting all these views and look at the comments and this is amazing. And it goes all the way down to the bottom of the funnel and then zero dollars. So uh, run yeah. an exploratory campaign, go to multiple audiences and then figure out where the monetization is. And what's interesting is the monetization event for each audience is going to be different. You know, audience A might buy after 60 days and only having hit like a certain number of pages or whatever. Audience B takes way longer, but maybe they spend more. So you have to get really good at tracking your data, tracking UTM parameters, tracking GCLID, like making sure you're tracking all this stuff all the way through. You got to know your numbers. That's the other thing about entrepreneurs that I think iOS really opened up. This privacy first world you have to know your numbers because you have to be willing. You have to understand how much money you can lose. If you don't know what you can pay for a lead, what your closing cost is, what the lifetime value of a customer is, I, I, we can't help you. And I don't just mean me. I mean any marketer. Like a marketer can't help you because it's like I don't know what I'm allowed to pay for this traffic. So if you don't know those numbers, then, we, then in our exploratory campaign, we're going to go learn them with you. But now you're not paying me for leads. You're paying me to help you learn your numbers. And that's kind of a, you know, that's a shitty place to be. So, yeah, I'm not trying to talk people out of this too heavily, man. I, but I do like to manage expectations. Everybody in my seat, all these freaking traffic quote, like gurus or whatever you want to call them, like they all make it sound so easy. And it's to, it's to the world's detriment. And yep. they're doing it just to sell a course. And it pisses me off. It's not easy. It is not. But, it, you know, when, when it starts to work, it works really, really well. Oh, dude. It yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. You got I the mean, right we, people. I call it the golden ratio. You put in a dollar, you get $8 out or whatever it is. Like, how many times did you do that? You know, you have this magic ATM that just manufactures money. It's awesome. That is fantastic. And it, it's, uh, it's a fantastic way to grow. So how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you if they want, if they think, hey, I'm ready for Cosm's Solutions 8, which is actually Solutions 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if that domain's available. Uh, go, to, go to the website, sol8.com. Um, we'll, we'll review campaigns if you have them running and let you know if, there's, if, if we can actually make any moves. We're a little selective in terms of who we take, and hopefully it doesn't sound dismissive or, or how do I say that? I, I don't want to sound elitist. The thing that makes us the best agency in the world, incidentally, isn't the fact that we've got buttons other people don't, don't have. We follow the rules, and I just pick my horses better. You know, we pick companies that we know we can, we can move the needle for. So if, if we do turn you down, the, the commitment I have to everybody is I'll make sure to at least send you in a direction that I think could be helpful. So you'll be better off after having engaged with this. If you're not ready, we're, we're more expensive than most. If you talk to 10 agencies today, I'm probably more expensive than six or seven of them. Our YouTube channel is free content, and, and I truly give away the farm. Like, there's nothing that we hold back. So honestly, if you don't like what I say on YouTube, don't hire us, because that's the, that's the absolute best that I have to offer. 
Um, so go check us out on YouTube first. Just go to YouTube and search for Solutions 8. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes if you're watching on YouTube. We'll check out down below. Kasim, this has been awesome. I have, you know, I didn't prepare you for this, and I haven't prepared anyone because I was like, oh, we're, we're going to do this, but I'm going to sideswipe them with the question. You know, marketing stories. This whole season I'm doing marketing stories. Like, it could be your marketing story. It could be someone else's marketing story. A crazy marketing story. Things you thought were going to work that didn't. Things you didn't think would work at all and were amazing. Is there one that pops to your head that you can tell us? <laughs> I have a lot that I thought was going to work and that, and that didn't. You yeah. from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I did, uh, I've done nothing but just fail forward my entire life. Man, I think I think the craziest story we have is an e-com client that spent twelve thousand dollars and made two million in one month. Um, wow! And, and that has not been an, an anomalous month. Like that's actually been pretty consistent. And what's funny about him is he keeps. I can see the data. I can see the purchases in his CMS, and he keeps telling us like these weird, weird stories. Like, oh yeah, we've had a, we've had a lot of returns, or I, those were bots, or whatever. And I, what's happening is. He sees how much money we're making him, and he doesn't want us to know because he's like, oh, they're going to raise their fear. They're gonna, you know what I mean? Like they're going to come and, and take the right. And we're not like that at all. We're just like, hey, man, I'm really happy that you have a high-performing campaign. This is awesome. We get paid a percentage of ad spend anyway, so the more he spends, the more we make. But it's, it's funny for him to just like bold-faced lie, not realizing how much, how much I see. You know, like I, I actually yeah. see the checks being cashed effectively. Yeah, and that wasn't a really good one, dude. I do have – I fixed the iOS issue. Can I tell you that? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I want to hold on. Let me find it for you. Here we go. I'm in. I'm, you've heard of War Room, the mastermind, Digital Marketers Mastermind. Yeah. So they do this thing every quarter called Wicked Smart. And uh, yeah, I, I won Wicked Smart last quarter because um, when the iOS update dropped, everybody's campaigns went to hell in a handbasket. And Facebook releases their Facebook conversion API. And I'll try to make this quick because I don't want to exhaust our timeline here. Um, the idea behind the Facebook conversion API is. You drive traffic from Facebook, and because of the iOS update, you're effectively blind, right? So, like, at mm -hmm. the time, 96% of people had not opted in, so you can't see anything until they convert. So you get a name, an email, a phone number, and then you take the Facebook conversion API, and you pipe that information back into Facebook, and now Facebook can see what it is that that person did. So what we did is, especially because we had a lower spend account, uh, and we weren't getting very many conversions because it was lower spend, we used Hotjar to capture the Facebook click ID and then spoofed a conversion inside of Facebook. So we told wow. Facebook that people converted when they didn't, and we did it based off of their engagement. So if somebody viewed more than three pages or they were on the site for longer than average or whatever, or they went to my pricing page, then we told, Hot, or we told Facebook using the Facebook conversion API. So we, we, we went Hotjar, Zapier, Facebook conversion API. We said, oh, that was a conversion. And you're only allowed eight conversions now. And so you, you, you occupy one of those for these predictive conversions. And what's insane about it is it, it tripled the efficacy of that campaign. Our cost per acquisition pre-iOS update, I think, was like 10 or 20 bucks. Our cost per acquisition post-iOS update was like 90. And then when we used that little hack, it dropped it down to 30. So I wasn't pre-iOS numbers. And it's a very small spend campaigns. So I don't know what would happen at scale, but I, that's, I, man, I thought it was, I thought it was ninja as hell. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and is, to my knowledge, it's, it's still working. So that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, yeah. And, and but like you said, I mean, you've, you, I mean, 300% increase, right? Or, uh, you cut 70% of the cost, I right. guess, or 60%, but yeah, that's fantastic. That's really, really cool. Awesome. Well, you're obviously, Custom's a smart guy, obviously has success. If you're thinking Google ads, if you're thinking YouTube ads, 
and you're you're going to be spending some budget, definitely go check out soul8.com, solutions8.com, and check out their YouTube channel. Once again, it's in the show notes. Cosm, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Appreciate you, Ian. Thank you, brother. And thank you for taking Cosm and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic, Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.